Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and this is our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we'll discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena, we'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue, and finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is student life groups, and as always, we have a special guest. Will you please introduce yourself? My name is Jordan Mormon, and I am the Ohio-Kentucky Regional Coordinator for Students for Life of America. So Students for Life, so what is that organization? What do you do, even nationally and globally? Just tell me about the organization. So we exist to mobilize, empower, recruit, train the pro-life generation to fight abortion. And we do that through a myriad of ways. We have chapters on homeschool to med school and law school. So all the way through. And then we have what's called pro-life future. So if you're a young adult, 18 to 35, but you're not a student, you can get involved at a community level as well. And there's 1,200 chapters nationwide. We do everything from public policy to fundraising for pregnancy resource centers, to sidewalk counseling, to effective education training, such as a pro-life apologetics. Really, there's no shortage of work that we offer and do. But we're going to talk about a lot of those things today, but I suppose if people want to learn more, you probably have a website as well. Absolutely. It's studentsforlife.org. And you can actually do studentsforlife.org slash Appalachian region and learn a little bit more about me. All right. So Jordan, so you are the regional director for Students for Life. So how long have you been doing that? And why don't you tell me a little bit about your history? What brought you to want to answer the call in your life to be in this position you're in right now? It's kind of a funny story. I applied for the job back in January of 2020, and it didn't really go anywhere so much. The interview process was a little lengthy. And then COVID happened. So they kind of rearranged some things and I didn't get hired. And then, you know, by the grace of God, called me in June and they're like, we need somebody. And I said, I'm in. Pick pick me. Absolutely, I'm in. I've always been passionate about the pro-life movement. Grew up Catholic, have some unplanned pregnancies in my family. Can't really imagine life without those people. It just felt right. I'm a little bit competitive. I like the fast-paced work of being an activist and being a regional coordinator. I come from a somewhat political background, so there's always that component. I do enjoy the, the public policy component of the job. Calling legislators and stuff, telling them to vote yes to different pro-life legislation is always super fun. But I'm doing the job the past five months or seven months, depending on when you're listening, have just been great. Super fast paced, a little bit stressful, but not something I regret doing. Now, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, which is the primary audience of this podcast, so that's Cincinnati, Dayton, some regions a little north of Dayton, just south of uh, Toledo. That's pretty much our area. What can you tell me perhaps more specifically of what's happening within our geographical region? There's all sorts of things. I know in the fall, I met with a bunch of area schools to do trainings. I met with Fairmont Kettering High School, and we did apologetics training. I met with University of Cincinnati. We did apologetics training. University of Dayton, Miami, Oxford brought people to our Vote Pro-Life initiative, where we would knock on doors and make calls and tell people to vote pro-life first. University of Cincinnati sent about 10,000 texts and a couple thousand calls telling people to vote pro-life first. They were very involved in getting the pro-life message out on the election level, which I thought was awesome. They had a great turnout. They do displays, which tend to be a little controversial, but I think they're awesome. They call it the Cemetery of the Innocents, 
or they might set out so many crosses. University of Dayton did one and actually got a huge uh, amount of cyberbullying and harassment. And then people vandalized the display at Miami Oxford. There's actually a police investigation going on. I'm particularly familiar with Miami Oxford because we encourage here at the Respect Life office, we have large banners that say Project Rachel, Hope and Healing to also reach out to people who have had abortions to let them know that if you have had an abortion, you can also turn to us for help and healing. So we loan those banners out to people who put up the crosses, you know, as something additional to put on that display. And we did that for Miami. We loaned our banner to them in Miami. Even that banner that simply said, if you're struggling with abortion, call this number for hope and healing. And they trashed that banner and destroyed it. It's almost astounding the violence when all we're trying to do is send a message of peace and hope. There's other things going on too. I know in November, Xavier University did a winter coat drive for a pregnancy center. I know University of Cincinnati did a baby resource drive. They put a registry up on amazon.com for a young mother. And these groups do things like that all the time. Local pro-life groups really are the unsung heroes of the movement, in my opinion, because They don't get any press for organizing those baby drives or for standing out in the cold collecting winter clothes or for sidewalk counseling and doing prayer. They're not doing it for the recognition. They're doing it just because it's the right thing to do. You and I both know that one of the primary, maybe the primary criticism we get as people who are pro-life is, well, you only care about babies before they're born. They say this to us all the time. And yet... If you open your eyes and look at what we do, look at what pregnancy care centers do, look at what student life groups do, you will see that they do obviously care about the mother. They obviously care about children after they're born. They care about families. We don't only talk about the child when the child is unborn. What is your reaction to that? Like, Do we need to be doing something to better get out the message of that? Or is it that we're going to be criticized that forever just because that's the way the other side is? I look at that criticism in a few ways. I have to scoff at it a little because when I hear the criticism, well, you don't care about them after they're born. Well, we are still advocating for them not to be dismembered. I'm not sure the whole pro-birth mantra is the insult they think it is. All you have to do is look on social media, look on any pro-life advocacy groups. Like the University of Toledo, for example, just did a baby shower back in October, I think. My chapters do things like that all the time, all the time. Fundraisers for pregnancy resource centers. And we're in the Archdiocese of Cincy. How charitable is the the Catholic Church, the most charitable institution in the world? No one's going to say that Catholic organizations don't care for people after they're born. Lots of pro-life people give their time and money to the cause, not just before they're born, obviously. I think it's a silly criticism. But it sounds like you were going in the other direction as well, meaning that while, yes, we easily argue how we are obviously pro-life after birth as well, but even if you want to believe we're not, that doesn't change the point, which is that we're right. against, we are against dismemberment of living human beings before they are born. That in of itself is still worth being against. Exactly. <laughs> what about some high schools or even grade schools? Do you have any particular local schools you know you're working with in our archdiocese? Fairmont Kettering High School in Dayton does a great job. They're a top chapter. I gave them some apologetics training And students from Fairmont back in the election season made tens of thousands of phone calls and texts telling people to vote pro-life first and get out the vote initiatives. Very impressive group. 
super proud of the work they did. They did a 40 days for life and prayer witness outside the facility in Kettering. So great group. Unfortunately, with COVID, I haven't been able to visit or have a lot of effective contact with high schools. A lot of them are holding out for their event to be affiliated with the March for Life, perhaps, or doing some virtual meetings. I wish I could work more with my high school groups. I'm working hard to get them back going. So do you have difficulties organizing like that in a public school? Not particularly. Public schools have to allow us in. They can't discriminate on us because we're not a religious group. We are a secular organization. We're a nonprofit. So they can't say that we can't be involved if there's students willing and there's an advisor at hand. So you don't get a lot of difficulty like, oh, this is just a hate group, anything like that? Not so much from the administration. Like I kind of alluded to with with Miami and Dayton, and you're all well too aware of it. There is a lot of bullying from other students, but we don't often have trouble, at least in my region, with administrative staff. You started to bring it up here. So the March for Life course is still happening in Washington, D.C. in January of 2021, like it does every year. But the normal number of people is probably not going to happen this year because it's very difficult to organize your typical bus trips with the COVID restrictions we have. And I know that most groups anyway that I'm aware of that usually travel to D.C. are not going to be traveling this year. And so for that reason, my office and the youth office here at the Archdiocese, also cooperating with the worship offices, put together some resources and lesson plans and prayers and things like that that people can do locally. And you can find those resources on our website at catholicaoc.org slash being-pro-life. But in addition to that, I understand you're going to be organizing at least one local event here in Cincinnati. Why don't you tell us about that? So obviously with COVID and everything, logistically getting large groups to D.C., may prove difficult. So we're doing sort of training and activism weekends all around the country. And since I am the Ohio-Kentucky Regional Coordinator, I thought Cincinnati would be a nice central location for students to meet at. From January 27th to January 30th, there will be an event every day. There is a small registration fee because you get a pro-life beanie and a couple training materials and handouts and whatnot. For $10, you can participate in everything going on little bit cheaper, hopefully, than, than bus fare to D.C. We're organizing an event outside of the Planned Parenthood on Auburn Avenue, and we're going to be doing some seminars. More logistics and details to come, but definitely check that out. It's on Facebook. It's called the Cincinnati Stand for Life Training Activism Weekend, and I believe it's also on your website, perhaps. Yes, please know that you can find links to everything Jordan is talking about. Any information you need to know about this trip will be on our website at catholicaoc.org slash being-pro-life. We always send people to that page. We'll put everything, all the links there to you to find it. But you're organizing some events around that in the Cincinnati area. In addition to that, if you're listening from Dayton, I'm sure there will be an event as well in Dayton around that abortion center that is up there, and that will be on the website as well. Are there any specific stories maybe you'd like to highlight of something happening or has happened recently at UC or Xavier that you want to point out to give people some hope and joy about what it is that Students for Life is doing? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, lots of resource drives out of colleges in the Cincinnati area. Xavier did a winter clothing drive. University of Cincinnati is currently, as we speak, doing a 
baby drive for a young mother. And then I just have to keep giving a shout out about the election work my students did because not being able to meet in person, it was so easy to just hop in Zoom calls together and start calling voters and start texting voters because there were restrictions on where we could meet. So the virtual resource drives were great and the digital phone banking events were great. Like I said, students at the University of Cincinnati made over 10,000 calls and tens of thousands of texts, probably. It was awesome. So how can people, let's start with students, right? If you're a student, how do you get involved with Students for Life? Or even if you're a high school and you have a life group, but you're like, well, I have a life group already, but it's not affiliated with Students for Life. What would be the benefit of associating with Students for Life specifically as a high school life group? So you don't have to be a specific Students for Life in name to work with us. We have lots of life groups that actually don't take our name. They wanted to do their own thing, but they also wanted access to our resources and to our trainings and stuff. We will do that. So if you have a life group and you want a training or a guest speaker, or we have virtual events in a box. So if your school is still under lockdown or you're doing events from home and you want a virtual event, we absolutely have those that we can give out to you. We also can help you organize fundraisers, get you in touch with pregnancy resource centers. You don't have to be Students for Life for us to work with you. So you can go to the website at studentsforlife.org. Is that going to be easy to find how to get a hold of you from there? Or do you need to, should I point a particular page out from there? The best way to find me is to go to the staff page and then look for my name, which is Jordan Mormon. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter or add me on Facebook. I'll be responsive to all your messages. I'm, I'm here for any students that want to get involved in the pro-life movement. What is it about law school in particular, right, that gives its own category? They're kind of in a different realm, right? Like law school, an undergrad to law school is a lot different. We also have med school specific groups and we have resources specifically tailored to their fields of interest. They might obviously not find high school level presentations as stimulating if they're law and med students. That makes <laughs> so, sense. That makes so sense. we have stuff specifically tailored to them, ways that they can get involved, access to guest speakers that might be in their field. And it's pretty cool stuff. Now, let's say you're not a student. You said something about the young adults for life or what did you call them? Pro-life future. Pro-life future. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to prolifefuture.org. And currently, there is a pro-life future pending in Cincinnati. At the time this podcast is being recorded, it hasn't quite been fulfilled yet or finalized. But hopefully by the time it's released, we'll have a pro-life future in Cincinnati. That is the plan. Okay, so go to prolifefuture.org. Check that out and see what kind of events are planned. And then what if you're none of those categories? You're not a young adult. You're not a student, but you love the idea of what it is that you're doing and you want to support. Is there a way to do that as well? Absolutely. First and foremost, I do accept and take very seriously people's offers to pray for me. I know you can email me your own prayer intentions. I'll get back with you. I do very much appreciate that. So if you go to my staff page that Bob mentioned earlier on studentsforlife.org, you'll find a link to financially support the region. So that's money that's given that will specifically support the pro-life movement in Ohio and Kentucky. If you donate to that link, I will keep you in the loop with a newsletter and you'll just be in the know. So Jordan, before we close, the website you would point people to is studentsforlife.org. 
So thanks for talking with us today about your school life groups, how students from across the archdiocese can stand up for life at their own school, maybe even start their own group. Thanks for spending time with us today. It was my pleasure. And if you want to see more of the work that I do kind of upfront and personal, you can also follow me on Instagram at jordan.prolife. You can add me on Facebook. You can email me directly. More than happy to correspond with with anybody who's interested in learning more about the pro-life movement. If you're a student and maybe you feel called to be a president, I can help you start a group. Like Bob said, we can get everything that you need. Don't be afraid to reach out to me. I don't bite. Terrific. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website and view more resources talked about in this episode at www.catholicaoc.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to being with you next time.